you've arrived. You've arrived to the Nipple Whiskers podcast with your host, Bob Dog. He doesn't like you either. Come along as he explores the shadows of yesterday's failures in order to gain the knowledge required for a better tomorrow. The journey starts now. Let's go. What's happening, folks? What's happening, folks? Bob Dog checking in with you once again. Truly appreciate each and everybody for tuning in to each and everybody. I mean, it just got to roll off the tongue sometimes. Let it go. Let it go. Oh, man. I hope everybody had a nice, beautiful weekend. Um, Mine definitely had some shit show to it. I'll get to that during the week. Definitely some baby mama drama on both ends. I mean, I was going at it, man. It was just whoo, shit spewing out the out the mouth basically at this point man i'm just i'm just not even gonna touch that right now i'm gonna jump into there were two highlights in my weekend one was taking my daughter to the um it's oh fuck what's it called kids kids play place or something like kids playground or i don't even know what they call it over here uh went to one in rialto california i believe and it was dope it was dope. Went to another one over here in Redlands. It's just giant McDonald's play place. If you remember the tubes and everything, and they have giant ball pits. They have everything, like, big-ass play place. When I was younger, we had a place called DZ Discovery Zone. Um, it was basically the same concept as just all the tubes that you would climb in, and, you know, there's nets and some ropes and different things that you can climb on, ball pits and slides, you know, just things for kids. We went there with my four-year-old daughter, man, and she was in paradise. It was so amazing to watch her running around and just having a blast. It was it was priceless. It was amazing. And other than that, UFC 290 was all I had to claim this weekend. I went backwards on my car. I broke a back window while I was doing the lawn. I kicked up a bolt or something. And it bounced and broke a window on my car. It was just a bad weekend, folks. It was a bad weekend. But... UFC 290. Let me just give it up to Dana White. All the fighters in UFC 290. All of y'all. And let me give another round of applause for each and every one of y'all because y'all definitely keep me going and I appreciate y'all more than anything. All right. Now, back to UFC 290. One hell of an event. Um, for those that don't don't follow me on Twitter, you missed out because I definitely called this one. All you had to do was bank on me, and you would have banked, banked, banked. Um, definitely an amazing performance by so many fighters. I mean, I'm just going to start from the bottom. I'm not going to go over, over everything thoroughly just because if you watch the event, you know what the hell happened. But I did not make some notes along the way for some of the early bouts and... Whew, some of the later ones are just stuck in my mind. I mean, you got to start with, and now when I say you would have bet on me, I put it on Twitter. I called my two underdogs. They both hit, you know, I, I on DraftKings, I went on, bet four games, won all four, um, placed in the money, basically doubled up on everything pretty much um, overall. And, it, you know, made out, made out like that, made, made out like a bandit. Had a cut one or two big losses on each one. Had a perfect card, a perfect pick. That was cool. Let's jump into it. Let's jump into it. First fight of the night was Esteban Rebovix versus Kirk. Um, I had it written down. Kirk was a good fighter, solid fighter, and he showed that he's on that UFC level. He belongs and he remains. He definitely dominated Esteban um, that first round. He was on his back, rode him for a good amount of it. Um, 
complete domination, really, the first round. He had Rebovic just, uh, man, I mean, there's nothing to say. Rebovic didn't have an answer. It didn't appear at that point. Round one was a wrap. Complete dominance went to Kirk, hands down, round one. Round two came out, and Rebovic just displayed some beautiful striking. Um, round two, he dropped Kirk two times, I believe, if I remember correctly, and he was just displaying some dominance. Um, you saw why he only had one loss to his record, and he stopped a couple takes da- takedowns. It was a completely different game standing up and dominated. Round three was just stamina. If you had to put it in one word, Rebovic, uh came up with a unanimous, unanimous decision, and it was a beautiful display. Um, he definitely came out slow, started, you know, sleepy, I believe. I, I can't remember how he worded it, but he just came out slow. You know, I and mean, he even quoted it and said it himself that he came out a little sleepy, and once he put it on the gas, man, it was, it was game over. Talk about game over. Shannon Ross versus Jesus Aguilar. Um, let's go ahead and just give this up while, while we can. Go ahead. Go ahead. Holy shit, dude. Holy shit. Now, Shannon Ross, 0-2 in the UFC to this point, um, both by knockout. After that performance at UFC 290, he is now 0-3, all three by knockouts. Shannon Ross, please Please, please consider your future. Uh, he was out for some time. He was laid out. He was. It was. It was. It was not pretty. It was not pretty. Unless you were a Jesus Aguilar fan, congratulations. That was one hell of a shot. Just a huge right hand slept him. I think seventeen minutes, seventeen seconds into the fight, just a right-handed masterpiece he executed. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Um, Jesus Aguilar, congratulations, my friend. That was beautiful. That's textbook. That's how you do it. Um, Ross, 0-3, all by KO in the UFC. Not sure what your plans are for the future, but please plan on coaching or something else. Um, I'm just concerned for your mentals. Uh, at this point, you definitely, you know, there's a button and a lot of people are finding it. I'm just scared for your head bouncing off the canvas like it did. And, uh, hopefully just look into that situation. Safety first, my friend. Aguilar, what's next, man? What's next for that guy after the power that he displayed? I mean, that's that's how you come out and you put on a show. That was beautiful. I'll do a what's next episode maybe to try to see where I can bring him, but I didn't get that far into my research. I probably should have, but I do wonder what's next and where you can put him. He just displayed a beautiful right hand. What else he has is yet to be seen. Let's let's go. Um, Cameron Samen, I guess you would call it. Samen versus Terrence Mitchell. That was a beautiful fight. Um, uh, round one execution. Uh, I, I said beautiful fight as if it went back and forth. It actually did. I think Terrence Mitchell was just dominant the first round. I mean, in, in the beginning, he got the takedown, and it looked like he was going to do good for a second, and Saban turned that around, hit the switch, and it was game over, man. I mean, a round one execution. He just displayed great grappling from the from the top and from the bottom. Um, I mean, what else do you want from the guy? He just went out there. He had the utmost confidence. You saw him just in his grappling is on point. Um, eight and oh, you can put him against, I mean, he's nine and oh now after this week. So you can put him up against whoever you want. Really? Uh, but keep, you put him up against somebody ranked. Uh, it's an episode worth getting into. I'm gonna have to do a what's next episode. Cause man, I, I know there's some good matchups for these types of guys. Now, his wrestling's on point. I would love to see him do some stand-up. Uh, he has proven that in the past. So 
Woo, woo, woo. We'll see where that goes, baby. We'll see where that goes. Uh, Victor Petrino versus Pacino. We're just going to say Marcin Pacino. Uh, Victor Petrino, man. That that dude is a physical specimen, in the words of Joe Rogan. And it's just too much power. That was just way too much power. Round one, Petrino displayed his uh, speed, hand speed. He displayed his chin. He displayed, displayed his fence work because he was on that fence for a while and a takedown. I mean, it just well-roundedness was fully on display. Victor Petrino, round one of this fight was just, I mean, just watch it, and you get a pretty much overview of how it all went down. Um, round two, Petrino, takedown and domination. That's all there was to it, and he just, too much man, too much man. Just, I mean, he's just built like a tank. He actually looks like surreal gone almost. Um, round three, domination on the feet, a takedown, head and arm choke. That was it. You know what I mean? That was it, and that's all she wrote. Pacino, definitely a strange strange movement type fighter. Definitely didn't look like he had the athleticism to even be in the same ring as Petrino. Didn't look like a fair match at all. Uh, definitely a mismatch, and we got to do better moving forward just because that one was not even competitive. Um, amazing performance by Victor Petrino. Let me go ahead and give you that. I believe he went for like a straight arm bar or something at some point as well. That was kind of interesting to watch. Did not occur, but uh, um, solid performance. He definitely has some places to improve, but at the same time, it was complete domination, and he, he got got out of there with the finish. So not too much to improve on when you look at it st- statistically, but when he looks back at the tape, he'll be able to find a couple areas that he can improve. Next fight was Tasuro Tayara. Um, versus Edgar Cheras, Cheras, yeah, I guess it's Cheras. We're going with Cheras. Looks like Chavez, but I know it's like Cheras or something. So Cheras versus Tierra, Tierra, man, that was close, bro. That, let me give it up to both fighters. That was a beautiful performance. That was literally the definition of stand up versus uh, takedown. You know what I mean? Grappler versus striker. Tierra, every time it, you know. Standing up, he was he was getting the ass end of everything. Edgar was putting it on him. He had very solid straight strikes. He had a little reach advantage, and Edgar had no issue just piecing him up. I mean, he was he was completely dominant um, during stand up, and Tierra was having a hard time to take him get and take him down. I mean, Tatsuro was he was definitely attempting to stand with him, but once he took once he was able to complete a takedown, that fight was complete mismatch until the last 15 to 20 seconds. I think Tatsu, uh, Tatsuro was going trying really hard to get a finish. I heard the fans start booing just due to his domination. Um, there's a lot of Mexican fans in attendance and they didn't like that domination of their fighter. Um, Tatsuro made a mistake and actually tried to, you know, appease the fans and go for a finish almost costed him and uh, he was in he was deep in a guillotine when that final bell went off if there were five more seconds he would have been unconscious he would have lost the fight but i completely respect um what he was doing why he did it he was going for that finish i think it was a triangle that he sat back on going for a triangle or something i forget what he went for but he did go for something and just missed it and put him in a bad spot and uh edgar almost pulled off a beautiful finish I know Edgar was trying to tell him to run it back at the very end, but that's not going to happen. Tatsuro is 
headed to the top as long as he continues to perform. I think he's 14-0 and now, so good luck, man. Super excited to see what comes up for him in the future as well. You definitely see that he was there and willing to try to entertain the fans, so Tatsuro, let's see what's next, baby. Let's see what's next. Good job. Well done. Well done. Now, this is my first pick that I got wrong, um, and even on that one, even on my paper that I'm looking at right now, I think it says three L's in a row for Jimmy Crute. He's definitely been on a losing spree um, besides his, uh, what was it, majority draw that occurred last time between these two fighters. This is the definition of a grappler versus a striker. This is Jimmy Crute versus Alonzo Menafield. Um, let me just give it up to both gentlemen. Just because you both stepped in the damn cage and Menafield is a damn tank. Crew is just, you could tell, he just looks like a jarhead if I ever seen one. Um, definitely probably did some military time and definitely lived on a farm because that is a big-ass corn-fed white boy that can wrestle his ass off. So, Crew, the grappler versus Menafield, the striker. For those that don't remember their last bout, it was an amazing fight. Um, Menafield was definitely had Crew hurt, but Crew was able to just tough it out in three rounds and grapple him down and dominate enough to take down a majority draw. But I think Crook came down, you know, he was, he was, he was, uh, dominant. He was very dominant on the ground. So this time around Alonzo Menafield said, hell no, I believe was it second round. I don't remember exactly. Let me see. Mm, didn't even write it down, but I did watch this fight. I think I was at the play place when this one went down and Menafield pulled off what some would consider the, uh, upset due to the odds um he was plus 100 he was basically a coin flip at this one um i did pick Groot on my pick so this one i did get wrong on some of them pick wise but when it came to betting like on DraftKings, i had menafield i did not take jimmy crew oh i did take jimmy crew on one of them that one hurt but on most of them i did take menafield um i did feel that he had he stood a good chance in this fight i think everybody knew that after watching their last one and he was able to pull it off with some beautiful combination with the hands that landed crew uh shooting and as soon as he shot with his neck out there menafield gaffled him up you get that big of an individual cranking on your neck and yeah it didn't take long for crew to start tapping out before his spine was about to be in two pieces next fight and this is this is my fight of the night um definitely yasmin gorgay versus Denise, and it wasn't Denise, it was like Denise or something like that. Denise Gomez, or Gomez, it's Gomez, it's not Gomez, there's no a Z at the end. I remember that now, especially I think it was uh, possibly Daniel Cormier. I got to give respect where due, even though I don't really like his announcing. I think that he's very, um, he's, he's not the best communicator. I was never a big fan of his uh, even post, post-fight, pre, you know, pre-fight, none of it. I, I really never listened to him. Never thought he was verbally entertaining, and I still don't feel that he really is. Uh, Bisping the same way, but for those that follow me, you already know this, so it's nothing new. Um, DC, I think yeah, he he was pronouncing it Denise Gomez or something like that, but whatever it is, one hell of a performance. Took out the undefeated Yasmin, and I did bet all that. I bet the house on that. My DraftKings was built on that. If she was to lose... I was going to be hurting. She came out. I think it was 21 seconds or something. 20 second knockout. Beautiful right hand followed by a right hand followed by a got her up against the cage and just left, 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 left. Lost consciousness twice. I mean, that was just a beautiful performance. 
Um, where did I see this coming from? Um, this is all comes back to boxing, folks. This all comes back to years of watching boxing and watching these Mexican fighters, and I don't mean this any disrespect, but they always come out of Mexico like 20, 30, and 0, and you're like, what the hell? Who the hell is this guy, 23 and 0? Never even heard of this motherfucker before. You know what I mean? Never even been in the States before. Never fought any real competition, and I do mean that respectfully. But down there, you know, when they're fighting their little circuit and they start building it up and they get 19 and 0, and they come over, you know, come over to the states. It's, it's always a different record. Um, not saying it only happens in Mexico. We definitely have people like Ricky Hatton. He was somebody that comes to mind who was tearing up the European circuit and I think racked up I don't know how many twenty something minos. And then he finally stepped in the ring with Mayweather and a Pacquiao and you know the level of competition over here. And it was he was never the same. I think it led him to depression, and he never fought really the same again. He'll coach you. But he ain't stepping out there again, not after Mayweather, boy. Um, so with that being said, that's what I see in a lot of these fighters coming up, and I just watch it. You know, I use that a little bit of my boxing background and knowledge from just watching it over the years and looking at her competition. I think she did have two wins in the UFC, but they were against very, you know, light competition, to say the least. I don't even believe that the two girls she beat are even in the UFC anymore. And if they are, they don't have much promise. With that being said, Gomez, uh, I've been watching for a while. I remember the neck tattoo, so she's very easy to recognize. With that being said, a tough girl. She does get rocked. Um, I've seen her get rocked in multiple fights, but she always fights through it. I know that she's a dog. She's like a pit bull. And she came out and didn't even have to display that grit. Um, it's definitely in there, but that was a beautiful performance. Two right hands and bang, bang. Go means with the win. I paid out. Thank you so much and love y'all, man. That was one of my underdog picks, and that one came through in seconds, like 20 of them. Um, I think it was a women's strawweight record, if I remember. I hope you're strawweight, but whatever weight class she's in, it was a record for the fastest finish, so congratulations. Big shout out. A beautiful performance. Uh, that one all came down to level of competition. Go me, she will lose, but she's she's a dog. She's a dog at heart. I love to see that. And Yasmin, she was just stepped up to the test, and she didn't pass. I mean, that, that just happened. Those right hands were beautiful. Uh, Jack Della Maddalena, his fight was canceled against Josh Harrell. That was going to be a good fight. I would have liked to see Maddalena actually be tested against Harrell. Um, Harrell's wrestling. Harrell is the one that just pulled somebody, rushed somebody out of the cage, and they broke the door at whatever other fight organization they're on. Um, it w- I would mention the name if I remember it. This isn't advertising, but UFC all the way, baby, so I really don't give a shit where you came from, but you didn't start. You didn't make it to the fight. I don't know what happened. Jack Della Maddalena said he wants to fight next month or next event or whatever's happening, and so I don't know what happened, but that was a last-second pullout and very unfortunate thing. Um, Harold... You know, hopefully he does make it to the UFC and gets a chance. But with that being said, fight was canceled on on the next main event of the prelims. Robbie Lawler versus Nico Price. I did bet Nico Price on this one. I did mention even on Twitter. Uh, I just mentioned it was set up for Robbie Lawler to have the fairy tale ending. It typically doesn't happen. I wasn't going to bet on it to happen, but it happened. And I am nothing but appreciative and happy. So. I only bet Nico on my picks. I did not bet Nico on any of my DraftKings. I did bet Robbie Lawler on my DraftKings, and I did hit with him. So that was a beautiful performance. He was just going high, high, low. 
And when I said low, it wasn't going to the body. He went with an uppercut that just came from under the arms. It was beautiful dominance inside the, the uh, what was it, a clinch. And beautifully done, beautifully done. Um, Robbie Lawler just, let me give him another round of applause. Going back with uh, Jens Pulver and just Matt Hughes and all the guys he's trained with. Let, let, let me stop the tape real quick. Jens Pulver actually. Just got nominated into the Hall of Fame. He did retweet one of my posts the other day, and that made my world, man. That was like, I, I, I sent my brother a text message, and I don't even text him very often. Actually, it was an Instagram message or something. I, I messaged him different. But either way, man, I had to message it to my brother, like, dude, check it out. Like, my brother started watching fighting before me. I caught that from my little brother, and he was, Jens Pulver was already somebody that was already fighting, you know, and we were looking up to Jens Pulver. I mean, it was Jens Pulver, man. Uh, Hall of Fame inductee, and he's actually put appreciate it on my post and retweeted it on face on Twitter, and it was amazing, man. It was one of the highlights, and it just felt so good, man. Living legend, and he took the time out to just say thank you, and it was amazing. It was amazing. So, Robbie Lawler, um, the going of a of a decade, man. Uh, we've definitely been watching him since Pride. He's the last fighter, you know, from the Pride days, and. Uh, what was it Strike Force? It's just man, it's Kimbo Slice days. You know what I mean? And we just going back, going back. I love to see you know what he's done. Robbie Lawler, huge shout out. You know nothing but love. I hope that you find something that you're passionate about moving forward. I think he wants to teach and just remain in fighting, and that's a beautiful thing, man. Just I hope you find as much success in coaching or in the rest of your life as you did in your fighting, because it was beautiful to watch, and we appreciate everything that you did for the sport, my guy. Robbie Lawler, shout out, shout out. All right, on to the next. Bo Nichols, Bo Nichols. Uh, you fought somebody. It was uh, Mayfield or something like that. Uh, I, I wish I would have known his name. I almost picked him as an underdog just because it was a last second. Dude came in. Dude was a fucking tank, man. He was so damn big. Uh, Treshawn Gore was supposed to fight. He got. I'm not sure what happened, but he pulled out just days before the fight. Um, they brought up somebody that was seven and zero. He came in as a replacement. Bo Nichols, the Golden Child, four and zero at that point. He was like, "Bring whoever, man. I just want to fight." So he was appreciative. Went in there and displayed hands. What? Yeah. So for those who don't know, if you missed it or somehow, somehow, way, shape, or form, Bo Nichols got knockout power. I mean, that was beautiful. He was fighting a tank. I really thought the other guy stood a chance. All you need to do is get him to the ground. I mean, that was going to be. That's a lot to handle if that dude's on top of you. But with that being said, Bo Nickel displayed knockout power. Very interesting. Um, let's see where he goes going forward. Bo Nickel, you earned yourself a... Well done, my friend. Well done, my friend. Jalen Turner, the San Bernardino kid, man. Damn it, man. I just got his auto in the mail recently. He fought Dan Hooker. What a fight. What a fight. Give it up to both guys, man. That was a fucking performance. That was beautiful. Oh, man, Jalen Turner, he's from the hometown. I was definitely going with him. He was uh, uh, definitely the favorite, minus 250 at the time that I printed whatever sheets in front of me. I think he closed closer to minus 280. But um, Dan Hooker, I mean, always, he just fights the best, man. Every time when you look at his record, you just look at, man, look at his level of competition. It's just on another level. He has all the talent in the world. He just fights the best all the damn time. Um, so. 
broke his wrist supposedly in the second round and kept fighting, had a dominant third round. I mean, how how the hell does that happen? Dan Hooker with a split on his head, talking about it's just a scrape or something like that. I mean, Jalen Turner smacked Dan Hooker with a head kick that 99% of other people are going sleep, sleep. They won't even be awake yet. They're still having sweet dreams right now. So Jalen Turner, beautiful performance. Dan Hooker, just a better one. Um, great fight. You know, shout out to both of you gentlemen once again. Love to see it. Saw a picture of them in the hospital afterwards sharing a smile and just two warriors. Love it, love it, love it. Jalen Turner, keep your head up, man. San Bernardino baby, made it out, man. Dino baby, what's up, what's up, what's up? Robert Whitaker versus Dracus. Who would have thought, man? I mean, this, this shit was crazy, man. Robert Whitaker, let's give a big shout out. Made it been the end of the era yesterday, I mean, on Saturday. And, I mean, you deserve the era. You definitely deserve the era, Mr. Whitaker. He definitely has displayed dominance against everybody except for Adesanya. And we're going back a whole decade. I mean, 10 years of just perfection. And was doing okay um, to begin the fight. But Dreykus was just another level, man. He was just too much. He reminded me of the good old steroid days when somebody just hit their cycle correct, and they were just juiced on another level. I mean, it was just, it didn't, it looked like a mismatch, and Dracus was just fast as shit, strong as hell. And, I mean, just, there was no question. He just put Whitaker out of there. And Whitaker, very dominant, you know, typically very well-rounded fighter. It was nothing that he was standing out on. I mean, Dracus was giving it to him. A beautiful performance. Uh, he's chopping at those legs, and... <sighs> It's not too much, you know, my heart just goes out to Whitaker. I really do believe that, you know, his reign on top is probably coming to an end. Um, I don't, I heard him say he wanted to retire at 36. I think he's 33 now. It's three more years. So we'll see if he, you know, is still fighting for a title shot. I, I believe that he would love to fight Adesanya again just to try to get that right. But I think Adesanya, you know, let, let's talk about Adesanya, man. Let, let's, let's take a quick second and... This fight's over. You know, Whitaker lost. Dracus, he took the dub. And they let fucking, what's his name? Adesanya in the ring, man. These post-fight antics have got to stop, man. This WWE shit has to end. Somebody's going to get uh, Diaz brothered in there. You know, if you don't remember, uh, it was Jake Shields' fight, I believe. And somebody got their ass whooped. I don't remember if it was a bully beatdown guy. or Somebody got their ass whooped in that cage. Um after the fight, you know what I mean? It's happened before. It almost happened the other day with Sugar Sean. And I don't understand why we're still doing it. It's not good sportsmanship. It's crap. And the real problem with this one is it all. it is 100% built on racism. Um, Israel Adesanya is a racist piece of shit. Um, definitely calls out Dreykus because he can't be African because of the color of his skin. That is the most racist shit I've ever heard. Um, it's not cool with me. You definitely... Dreykus is down there, lives in Africa, considers himself an African. That's 100% legit. One, I mean, I don't know. You guys make your own opinion, but it's definitely built off racism. It's the color of his skin is the reason why Israel Adesanya has a problem with them. Him jumping in the ring. Dreykus just earned his moment. Give it a Dreykus. You know what I mean? Israel Adesanya does not, should not be in that ring interrupting what he's doing. I mean, just let the dude do what he does. There's no, but... It's interesting. UFC, they know how to sell fights better than I do. That's all that I can say. Um, Dana White, he was also against it, he was saying, but Israel Adesanya talked him into it. I'm not sure how that goes. You're supposed to be the boss. This is your image. But 
if that's what they're trying to do. It was definitely, it was babbling. Um, Israel looked bad. It was a poor look for the champion um, in most people's eyes. I don't know, maybe some people liked it, but he definitely just looked intoxicated or inebriated or whatever the hell he was, but he did not look professional. Um, definitely the poor move, something that, you know, GSP or none of those, they never would have done nothing like that. But with that being said, Israel Adesanya is one hell of a fighter, and it will be an amazing fight. That seems to set itself up, and that's the shot that they want. So we'll see how that goes. I'm definitely putting my money on, depending on how much of an underdog, but probably Dreykus just because I really don't like Israel Adesanya's racism. Um, I definitely grew up with that being one of the few white kids in, in you know the San Bernardino community in a community, you know, a high school that only had like six of us. So people left me the fuck alone for the most part after you prove yourself like, hey, man, fuck with me, I'll hit you. But otherwise, I'll leave you the hell alone. I respect everybody, but you ain't disrespecting me. With that being said, Brandon Marino versus Alexandra Pantoja. This was my second upset pick. It came down. It all paid off. Uh, the only thing that's in question is they're saying Marino broke his hand in the first round. If that's the truth, man, they got to run this back, and it's Pantoja's going to be in trouble. With that being said, he displayed grappling skills that Marino is not going to be able to learn in six months or even a year to try to get over that. Pantoja is just a better grappler than Marino. Marino can definitely try to learn some more tricks in a year, but Ultimately, Pantoja, he is just dominating when it comes to the grappling exchanges. Marino has now lost three fights to Pantoja. I was going back and forth with somebody on Twitter. Sorry, I don't remember you. I definitely shout you out. I just didn't get the name written down, and I don't have my phone in front of me to check it out. Um, Leave your phone away from you, folks. That shit is, I mean, so easy to pick up and keep you entertained. Just leave it away from me. That's the easiest part. All right. Alexandra Pantoja, man, beautiful performance. He definitely looked a little gassed, but he was throwing it all into his punches in the first round. Almost got Marino out of there the first round. Marino clearly won the second round and dominated that, and then that's when Pantoja was getting back and getting Marino to the mat and just displaying a beautiful grappling. Um, just, I mean, it was a grappling masterclass. I mean, he was just doing great, enough to win um, a unanimous no, split decision. I remember it was a split decision. Definitely thought they might rob him of that one, but he did deserve the title, and that was my... Definitely underdog pick. I did bank on Gomez and Pantoja. Hopefully y'all did too. Definitely made it up um, on anywhere else that I went wrong, especially in the Whitaker selection, I was wrong. Jalen Turner, I was wrong. Um, There was one more I remember, but whatever. Who cares? Uh, Yeah, that was it. So, yeah, it was was beautiful performance. Beautiful performance. They're going to have to run that back, let Marino go in, get his hand fixed, and just run that back. That's beautiful. You got Dreykus set up. That's a championship match. Run that back. And then you have Alexander Volkanovsky versus Yair Rodriguez. Oh, this fight went exactly how it was supposed to go. This fight, I saw it going this way 100%. It was very clear. Yair was going to dominate if the fight was on the feet. Um, Alexander would learn that and quickly take it down. With that being said, he did. That's exactly what happened. Alexander Volkanovsky has a talent, well-roundedness, that if he is being dominated or beaten in one area, he will take it to another area. He is 34 years of thirty-four years old. He is not the fastest um, anymore, although he is fast as lightning. He's fast as shit. But at 34, he's almost 35 years old, so he's already hitting. You know, he's at prime time. He's, he's got to keep moving. You know, he's only got a couple years left uh, in prime time, but, if, hey, you can look at, 
look at uh, Father Time, man. It has definitely changed on these fighters. You have uh, shit, Randy Couture and them. I think they were going into some time as well. But you do have some fighters fighting a lot longer now. Um, Jim Miller, for example, big shout out. You deserve your little clap on. But with that being said, Alexander Volkanovsky, give it up for this guy. The pound for pound number one fighter in the world, hands down. He beat the he won the Islam fight in my eyes. Um, I do have to watch it back if I really wanted to give you an honest opinion. But just to move up like that in weight and dominate like that, it was a beautiful thing. Yahir Rodriguez uh, gave it your all. Definitely, I just wonder what the hell is going to happen with that fucking belt now, a little Mexico belt. Um, I don't believe in the interim championships i think they're a piece of shit there definitely should not be two titles on the stage there's only one champion that was alexander volkanowski standing there with the second belt just looks ridiculous and you're not really a champion he had a custom mexico belt made and now that he's lost he was actually never a champion and i'm not sure what the hell happens with that belt y'all might as well burn it but it's probably worth some money so sign that thing and sell it because uh if that's the closest he ever comes to a champ, I do not want that championship belt, man. I was never the champ. There was actually a real champ, but he moved up and wait to fight somebody else, and then he came down. They never should have done that. They only do it for the business so they can sell the other one as a championship fight that gets a lot more attention, eyes on it, and that brings in more revenue. I get it. I understand it. I am not a hater, but there should only be one title on that stage. It was Alexander Volkanovsky. He remains the champ, and that is undisputed. That dude is a monster. So with that being said, UFC 290, I only wanted to jump on here and give a quick review because y'all were something special to me this weekend, man. Dana White, I truly appreciate the card. Um, I say that from the bottom of my heart. It was a bad weekend, man, and y'all just inspired, y'all added just this like huge, 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 just boom, man, boom. Not only did I hit on all four of my fights, I mean, my underdogs hit. It was just beautiful performances all around. The whole card was just pretty much beautiful man great great event hunter and the crew i mean all y'all did did beautiful um huge announcement they made ufc with a i think it was concept labs or so i'm not sure exactly in the politics of it but it links back to ufc strike they are working on a game they announced a huge contract signing so that's going to be dope um super involved watching the ufc championship uh championship lounge i do have a moment if only i went to that fight man i could have been watching the fights with aljo and just you had all these champions in there and just watching what ufc strike is doing if y'all aren't on ufc strike yet it's not too late folks it's the cheapest price to entry you could probably get in right now hopefully it doesn't go down any lower because you know they're making some big announcement but with that being said you can get two dollar moments on that bitch one dollar if you're really sniping but they sell quick so get two dollar more you can get a starter pack for like 10 bucks i think but with that being said i'm not pushing no more nfts just because i've cost too many people in the poker scene and it, it just broke my heart man i was thinking about those pitbull ppt i was rocking them i was running poker tournaments you know giving them away and everything and then the owner just disappeared you know what i mean just disappeared so i I know Rob and the team of UFC Strike would never do that. Uh, it's definitely Dapper Labs. It's a lot bigger association, a lot more legit. With that being said, I feel a lot more comfortable speaking on them. And um, all I want to do is help people succeed. So that's my fear is leading people down a bad path. And uh, I'm not financially illiterate in any way, shape, or form. I'm a fucking idiot with my finances. And 
I love UFC, man. I love UFC. I do know how to pick these fights. I'm getting better. You know what I mean? I've been watching fights for a long time. I'm spending more time involved in the tape, and I just need to keep doing that so we can keep on going. Tough series is moving. That's doing great. Um, definitely Team Chandler's dominating. Uh, Chandler, you know, holding his own, always doing what he needs to do. He's beautiful, you know, just individual. Love what he does, and... Conor McGregor needs to get in that Osada test pool, man. He's fucking around and needs to hurry up, man. He definitely we look forward to him fighting. He hasn't been dominant in a long time, but his name constantly makes the top of the tabloids. Is just how the business goes. I'm not a hater. I'm just watching. And he was talking about Robbie Lawler is going to fight again. His tweet did it. You should never be talking. I don't even know why we're talking about him, um, why his tweets are being brought up in the interviews, but this is Robbie Lawler's moment. I don't even know why Connor is still in the discussions. He knows nothing about Robbie, if Robbie's done or not, and that's Connor McGregor style. You know, he's telling you what he would do, basically. He don't know shit. But with that being said, get your ass in Asada, you know, test clean, and let's get going. If you are on the juice, I understand, because that leg break, hey, man, I'm not making no excuses, but shit, man, that shit broke for real. Um, love and appreciate each and every one of y'all. I am going to tune off of here. I got to get to work. Keep my grind on UFC 290. Thank you, Dana White. Thank you, team. Thank you, UFC Strike, because y'all, man, y'all set it up in the championship lounge and just inspired me to make it to Vegas and get to one of these. Haven't been to Vegas since I got busted. You know what I mean? So, been there once or twice, but uh, Vegas, Vegas and me, we got our history. So love and appreciate each and every one of y'all. Jump on for what's next, because there's definitely a lot of fighters that, you know, can be scheduled in some interesting fights after these performances. So love and appreciate you. Um, We do know what's next for Robbie Lawler. Uh, Enjoy the Hall of Fame and the rest of your life. We love you guys, and I am out. The time has come. You've been listening to the Nipple Whiskers Podcast with your host, Bob Dog. He doesn't like you either. Follow us on social media, subscribe on YouTube, and visit nipplewhiskerspodcast.com for exclusive offers and information on upcoming episodes. This podcast will now self-destruct in three, two, one.